Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Well, the NBA's got a chance for a decent night. Uh, everybody knows that uh, Wembeyama, uh, the kid out of France who's seven foot three, who you know has all the skills that a six four guard would have, shooting threes, going to the basket, dribbling the ball between his legs, and everything else, is going to be you know maybe uh, one of those legendary kind of guys and one of those uh, historic players in the NBA, a trans a, a, a transformational player, a la LeBron, a la Kareem, you know that kind of guy. Uh, he might might have that opportunity too. Everybody seems to think he is just, uh, you know, he's a unicorn. You know, he's that kind of talented athlete. Uh, and that very well could happen. He's going to go to a good franchise with a hell of a coach, an older coach, but a coach who knows how to nurse people along in Popovich. It's going to keep him young. I think that's a plus, uh, you know, small market essentially, not a lot of media to deal with. That's probably a plus. He's not playing in a big city, which could overwhelm him a little bit. He kind of breaks in nice and easy in southwest Texas. Um, and a kid uh, that, you know, basically has eaten up every league he's played in. Now, that is the one clarification. You're talking about a kid who's essentially playing against amateurs in France. I mean, he's not having any kind of stiff competition whatsoever. I know, I guess there are some uh, ex-NBA players in that French league, but when I think of uh, basketball, uh, uh, big-time world basketball, I don't think of France. That's all there was to it. And I know they've had some pro, you know, Boris Diaw. I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, Parker. Uh, I, they've had players who have played in the NBA from that country, but I'm not going to believe that they are a fertile ground uh, for NBA behemoths and, uh, and legendary kind of players. But, you know, you're only going by highlights. I've never seen them play a full game. I don't know what the competition level is like. I don't think it's very good, as we just mentioned. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, he does things from a tool set standpoint uh, that is difficult to argue with. I mean, you got a seven foot three guy who can dribble behind his back, lead a break and shoot threes. I mean, uh, that's, you know, and goes to the basket and, you know, spin and all those kinds of stuff. So from that standpoint, it seems like he's a can't miss. I've been down this path a million times about these can't miss players. Go back to Dana Lewis. Uh, who, what? Yes. I mean, so the idea that these guys are can't miss, I'm not so sure if I buy that entirely. Uh, but, uh, you know, listen, it's a no-brainer with the first pick. And he'll be gobbled up, and maybe the Spurs have found themselves one of those players who'll be there for the next 15 years and they can win some championships with. So we shall see. Um, that is the first item. Now, again, to compare him to Kareem, Walton, people like Russell, people like that, remember, those guys played against good competition in highfalutin games with a lot of pressure on them, whether it's the NCAA tournament, whether it's matchups against other individual great players, you know, Kareem with Elvin Hayes, uh, you know, uh, obviously Walton with David Thompson. So the, there were some certain Burleson, there were some certain matchups that they have uh, participated in, the aforementioned, those two specifically, that, uh, you know, listen, challenge them. I'm not sure if this guy's been challenged by anybody in France. Now, LeBron wasn't challenged either. He's in high school. Uh, but he was challenged from a standpoint of publicity. That's for sure. Everybody knew about him. Cover of Sports Illustrated. The games were on TV. Uh, America, Akron, Ohio. So, And he turned out to be you know, the real deal. So maybe this kid will be on that level. We'll have to wait and see. It puts a little intrigue into the NBA start of next season. You know, I'm sure that uh, Popovich will bring him along very slowly. I'm sure you hear 
only play 50 games. I mean, it's not like he's going to be out there every game. You know, Popovich will be very, you know, he was the inventor of the time load management scenario, uh, which, uh, you know, irritated Stern to no end. And that's why Stern didn't give Popovich the, uh, the job as the head coach of the Olympics for a very long time. Uh, but uh, I, I think that uh, you will see, Larry Brown told us that. He wanted to get back at Popovich for, you know, basically not playing his big guys in many a game. And whether that's true or not, who knows? But that's what Larry Brown has told us. And Larry Brown and Popovich are very tight. So take it for what it's worth. But he's at the perfect spot with Pop. Again, he'll play 50, 55 games. That's all they play anyway. He won't play a full schedule. Pop will really take He won't play back-to-back. He'll really develop him slowly. There's no rush to win a championship right now. You know, the Kareem, when he went to Milwaukee, he's out there for 32 games. I mean, geez. And the Bucks went from, you know, uh, having, the, having the top pick to where they played the Knicks, uh, you know, in a – it was either a conference final or a second. I'm not sure if it was a conference final when they lost in five and the Madison Square Garden ser- serenaded Louis by saying, uh, see you, goodbye, Louis, good. You know, back when they Knicks won their first championship – uh, in 69-70. Remember, he came out, Kareem, uh, after the 69 season and played for the Bucks in 69-70. So, and he played a bunch of games, and two years later, they won a championship with the addition of Oscar Robertson. I'm not sure if this kid is on that level, uh, but we shall see. The intrigue with this draft will be with that, will be a couple things, and we'll get to the Persingas trade in a minute. The intrigue of this uh, draft, in a lot of ways, will be what Charlotte does, two and three. Now, they already have a point guard on LaMelo, uh, in, in the metal ball. So I don't know if they're going to take the kid out of the G League who is the point guard where, in fact, Miller isn't. So maybe they'll take Miller. Uh, I, I don't know where they go with that. But then Portland has the third pick. And, you know, what Portland does in the next 24 or so hours would be interesting. Do they trade the third pick and they can get something back for him that's hefty, uh, you know, for a big veteran who's a big player? You know, Zion will be the guy you're thinking about. So they can team him with Lillard and appease Lillard, who says he wants to stay in the Pacific Northwest and sort of build your championship aspirations around those two guys. Now, if you do that with Zion, he never plays. And he's always hurt. And I don't know why all of a sudden in 2023-24 you think Zion would play 70 games he never does but you know if Portland wants to go that route they can if they go the other route with the younger player then what does that mean for Lillard who says he wants to play with veterans with a chance to win a championship so that will be interesting to keep an eye on here uh down the road everybody else and then who they take Miller or uh, you know the other point guard from the G League who everybody says and his name is Scoot Henderson everybody says he's a hell of a player now you know uh, I don't know if the Charlotte will take him uh, Charlotte, you know, they probably can't go wrong either way. Maybe they take the uh, Henderson. Seems like he's the real deal, but they do have balls sitting there. I, I'm not sure which direction that Jordan, who I think is still operating the draft, will go, but we'll keep an eye on that. So Wembenyama, and then what they do, 2-3, and then throw Lillard in with a possibility of trades would be somewhere where we'd keep an eye on it. Uh, that's the first item. Second item, there was a trade last night, three-way trade by midnight. And I think really it's a uh, it's really a good trade for all team, if for every team. Now, obviously the Wizards, they are regrouping. Beal's out of there. Uh, they've seen enough of this threesome that never does a thing and doesn't play in Kuzma, uh, Beal, and Porzingis. So they tried it. They won 35 games. It didn't last. So they went Beal out. He goes. And, you know, 
they had some cap space and everything else, and they can wave Paul, and away you go, and they can win 10 games, and maybe one day they can get women Yama. And then today, they or last night late, they trade Przingis to the Celtics uh, in a three-way deal with Memphis. And, and that, to me, made sense. If you're going to get rid of Beal and you're going to scrap the project of the threesome, well, then you might as well go all the way. What the hell? Why do you want to keep Przingis for? I mean, uh, now, whether they could have gotten a little bit more than uh, who they ended up getting, and uh, they got uh, Tyrus, uh, they got Tyrus Jones and some draft capital. I mean, that's not a whole hell of a lot, but they get Przingis out of there, the $36 million opt-in. Maybe he wasn't going to opt-in anyway. So from that standpoint, you know, maybe a little better off. And again, they're not winning if no Beals, so what's the point? So Przingis goes. So the aspect of the trade that is interesting, and they flip some first-round picks and all that, and the Celtics got the 35th pick now, or they got the uh, Memphis, or a, a pick from Memphis, I believe. Uh, but they, I think they got, maybe it's the 25th pick. Whatever it might be, Boston gets a pick late first round. And they trade Marcus Smart to Memphis, and they get Przingis. And, you know, listen, Smart's a great competitor, and he plays hard, and you like a lot about him. Uh, but I think probably the Celtics had gone as far as they could have gone with this group that they've had here the last few years. I mean, they lost, obviously, to Golden State two years ago, had a 2-1 lead, and were bad in many a spot uh, this past series in the postseason conference final against Miami. So from that, and they lost badly in Game 7. So they had to shake it up in some capacity. I would have maybe even, uh, you know, said, why not break up Brown and, and, um, and Tatum? Uh, I think this is their way of, you know, mixing it up a little bit by trading Smart out of there. They got Brogdon and Derek White, so they can play those two guys in the backcourt. And then they got Przingis, who they can help up front and see what they can do there. Przingis is not as good as we all thought he was when he went to the Knicks. He's, this is his fourth team in basically three, four years, which is a very bad sign. That is uh, a guy that is seven foot tall and shoots threes, has bounced around the universe in the NBA, whether it's Dallas, the Knicks, Washington, and now Boston. That's a very bad sign. Um, and we've never seen Przingis play an important game in his life. It didn't work with Donkic, which is hard to believe. The Wizards, you know, maybe they didn't really have a chance, so I'll give him a little break there. Well, this might be his last opportunity. He's with Boston. It changes the Celtics' look a little bit. Uh, it's, pro- it's a move that I think Stevens probably had to make. You had to do something. You can't bring back the same team for the third year when you disappointed so badly this past season and the year before you lost three in a row to Golden State. You can't bring the same team back. Uh, they had the extra and they had the access guard uh, because they got the three guards there and Brogdon and White and Smart. So they got rid of the one uh, that maybe could bring back the most. I think it's a good trade for Memphis. I think Smart will teach him a little professionalism. He plays hard. You know, he can be a little annoying, but he plays hard. Um, you know, he's won. I think his attitude will rub off. Maybe learn a little lesson with Morant. Teach him a little something. So from that standpoint, I think Memphis probably did the right thing here too. It only cost him a pick and Tyrus Jones. It's not the end of the world. Although Jones is a good backup. Uh, you know, he's, he's a good little player. Better than you think, the ex-Duke kid. But from that standpoint, I understand why Memphis did it. I understand why Washington did it. And the Celtics how to do something. So it's probably, well, the NBA will have a little life, of course, next week too with the uh, free agency and what occurs. But, uh, you know, today's a, a big day for the NBA and it's a big day for the Spurs. And obviously it's a big scenario there for these two teams, uh, Charlotte and Portland. See what happens with, obviously, present with, um, with Lillard. And we know what's going on now 
uh, of course, with um, this trade with the Celtics. Brad Stevens pulls it off. So that is where we begin on an afternoon program here today. We got a lot happening. Uh, is there something else in the NBA that I'm not aware of? Let me take a peek. Uh, okay, there's another trade that might be Chris Paul to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. So that could happen. All right. So uh, I think they want to get rid of Poole in the worst way. I think Paul, now they got a tiny backcourt, but Paul with obviously Thompson Curry. And if they bring Green back, that's a good trade for the uh, Golden State to now team. That's a good trade for Golden State. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.